So, Paul, this week, um, this particular episode, I suppose is timely in that it's it's coming at a it's coming at a very important time, a very kind of special time for you. Um, a week after your mum's first anniversary, and I know that as much as you can predefine a, a reluctant conversation when it's a when it's a kind of a, a grief topic we didn't want to do that um, and so instead i think the question that i really want to ask you today is is how does the whole thing sit with you um a year on i've been a boomerang baby for for quite a while <laughs> um i lived away for a number of years for various reasons especially after a period that I was in London I decided to come back to Ireland for a while one of those reasons was looking at my folks as they started to get older whenever I would go back to London after a visit I could see in them how it got more and more difficult And one of the things in that is when you're, you know, when you're staying in your your parents' house when they get into their 70s. Like you get anxiety about waking up in the morning and having that morning where you discover something you don't want it. Especially with my closeness and, you know, the relationship that I had with my mother. It terrified me. And I always knew when that happens, that's not going to be something I'm going to be able to to deal with. So on the day in particular that she died, I think it was actually the day itself, if not the day after, I had to make a decision. Was this something that was going to destroy me? Or was I going to go and take the um, the positive and the joy and the love that I learned from this person and use that um, moving forward? I suppose pay it forward in a way, you know, like a very conscious choice to see some sort of positive mm-hmm. um, in just what is an absolute horrendous time. That you experience. So I think that's the one big thing that uh, even still puzzles me a bit as to how I didn't fall apart or haven't fallen apart yet. It could happen. Um, that so far would be the the biggest the main, thing. The main takeaway. What was it about the relationship with your mum that that made you know and feel deeply that um, that her death was was going to have such an a profound, profound effect? I know, you know, the we all I think as as adults have um, varying degrees of, of closeness, and and when we live and tend to do in this current society longer and longer at home. Um, later and later into our adult lives um, 
What what was it um, that kind of defined the closeness when you think back to the relationship that you had with her, that you probably still have with her, hold with her? When I was 12, I lost my brother, who was 18 at the time. And... He was most definitely the person that I looked up to. Um, Going through my teenage years and going through school, I, um, I just found it very difficult to be engaged, to be interested. I think I was quite an angry teenager. Um... I wasn't aggressive, so to speak. But no matter how difficult I was, my mother always supported me. You know, that buffer, you know, that kind of life buffer was always there. My, um, you know, my mates went to college and I went travelling and I went to live in Spain. Off the cuff. Um, there was very little thought put to it. Um, like I had nowhere arranged to stay. I, I just turned up at the airport like this idiot 21-year-old. Um, but it was like, if that's what you want to do, you you go and, and you do it. And even, you know, through times where I did live abroad, like I lived, you know, four or five years in Spain and then I was in... Uh, London for the guts of 10 years like I was kind of pretty crap about keeping in touch with them you know maybe once a week every two weeks and whatever she was always there you know and always supportive of of whatever I was doing I remember on one occasion when I came back from London to visit my sisters were like you know fuck's sake this dude golden balls because she had bought like new velvet cushions or something just something random that's <laughs> I'm not even going to notice you know Um, but it was always that person that like through some of the worst times that I've been through because she was there not necessarily there beside me, but because, you know, she was, she was, um, you know, around and she's my mother. There's things I did not do. However about things might have been easier for me, I couldn't do something self-destructive that would impact on her. I just couldn't do it. You know, I had seen her go through what she went through with my brother and it very nearly broke her and she made a conscious decision to help others. That was her way of dealing with all of that. It was, you know, that selflessness. Um, but in addition to that, when I was in the house, um, we laughed every day. Um, a lot of that would have been at other people's expense um, but in latter years as 
as she got older and you know there were maybe I think there were some health issues that she didn't talk about um, and I could kind of bit by bit see her becoming a bit more not so, not so much introverted but closed in closed off. Uh, yeah um, but more with regards to just herself and how she did things rather than how she was with people um, and then there's other things like you know as people's hearing starts to go they do find certain environments quite difficult and they don't maybe like to own up to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely up until that point for, um, you know, for many years, um, she would have been somebody who I, I could quite easily go to with a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when the problem gets to a really bad point and you know, we would, we would be up until the smaller hours of the morning and you would always feel better as a result um, to the extent that at certain times in your life you go through things, maybe she would say, oh, yeah, I knew that wasn't working or whatever and you're kind of thinking, well, if you knew that, maybe you could have said something about it. <laughs> um, it's very difficult to in a conversation or even in words to encapsulate what you know your relationship is with mm. with anybody um you know a, a relationship that meant so much that i had to make that decision of you know either allowing it to to you know be the end of me or mm. be uh like an inspiration for a new chapter yeah. of me gotcha do you think there's a bit in that of of kind of it comes down to a conscious decision nearly on a daily level to to feel but not to feel too much? I'm just I'm I'm wondering how much of this is kind of head over heart um, or a sense of I'll I, I'll give myself a certain amount of time to grieve this, but then. I have to carry on or I have to make sure I don't kind of crumble. Uh, do you feel like it's something controlled or is it something far more natural that's just evolved over time, even if it has only been just past a year, um, that it's that it's easier now to kind of feel like you're not not separating yourself from, from certain emotions, but um, that they're maybe not so present in your experience, actually? I suppose in a way it's like dealing with stress. Um, you get better dealing with stress, not because you avoid it, but you can see it coming. And when you see it coming, you can deal with it appropriately. Um, what we find stressful are the things we, we, we don't expect, the behaviours we don't expect. The only really conscious decision was um in in the first week leading up to the funeral um and i know people say this a lot during funerals and people always say we'd like to thank the people for all their kind messages and you know their support and i've always kind of thought that's just hokey you know 
Um, it's like being at a wedding and going, I'd like to thank the bride. Because <laughs> they all look so beautiful. Um, which they do all the time. Um, but it was so true. Um, and it was even the messages where people didn't know what to say. They say, look, I just don't know what to say. Um, I love you. See you soon. And then there'd be other much more um, articulate and, you know, deep messages. And I, and, and that's just the ones that I got on my phone. I haven't had the, the, um, the stones to, to read the, the condolence thing on, um, I think, you know, on the, on the website or IP, I think that really made me think and realize if you know somebody who inspires so much love and joy and, and good memories, you know, you, you need to make an effort not to be morose and moping about them when they're gone. Um, you know, it, you're, it's almost like you're obligated to make an effort to honor that. In terms of making a conscious decision, that's probably as, as far as I went. Um, what was difficult was actually recognizing what was grief, recognizing what was, you know, anger at maybe another situation, recognizing stress at somewhere, even at times recognizing, you know, happiness. Um, and I think that was difficult, especially in the first few months. Yeah, my emo my emotions were all over the place um, during that time. And one of the things about, I suppose, the first year of going through stuff is, you know, it's that year of firsts. It's experience, experiencing, you know, her first birthday, uh, my first birthday, uh, Christmas, whatever it might be, Mother's Day. That was a pain in the arse. Um, and what I found, especially at Christmas, that was really weird, was we were all looking towards Christmas with dread. But it actually wasn't Christmas itself that was the difficult thing. It was the lead up to it. I realised that grief is something that it comes in waves. And at times you, you like you don't see it coming. It, it creeps up on you. Um, but I remember particularly before Christmas being in in the bookshop and it happening and I was paralyzed and I must have just stood in the middle of Bray bookshop which isn't a, a very big bookshop um but just having to stand there for 10 15 minutes and I was just to kind of hold myself together I had to just stand there and I don't know you know what I was looking at um you know some key ring or <laughs> some random nonsense or some you know one of these little um bookmarks that's a light at the same time mm -hmm. yeah I spent 15 minutes <laughs> figuring out did I need a pink one of those um <laughs> um 
So I suppose in terms of, you know, being able to handle it or whether it gets easier, the more that happens, the more it just becomes part of, you know, your your thing. Um, and, you know, the it's just not as uh, maybe as painful um, when it does happen. Um, like I noticed, you know, there's a few things, say, recently where randomly it has happened. But it's a much more... Mm, would sanguine be the word? Um, so what I'm more in control of is giving it the space. Yeah. I'm trying to think back. I can't remember if it was your mum's birthday or Mother's Day. I think I remember I was messaging you about something and I I can't really recall the voice message that I left, but I must have said something about grief and joy simultaneously. Um, and I remember that in your response, you had picked up on on the fact that, that you, you kind of really resonated with, with what I'd said, that it was actually possible to kind of feel both at the same time and to nearly feel that they were not opposite ends of a spectrum, but that kind of, that, that yeah, that in a way the kind of utter grief um, that you can kind of tap into and touch when you hold space for it, you then can also tap into a much deeper joy as well. It's kind of similar to what you're saying about the um, about the holding the holding space for for the whole spectrum of emotions. Yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> and I remember that day because I, that was her birthday. Um, I remember it being a nice sunny day. Um, her birthday is the end of March. But I remember being there and um, quite often what I do is I sit down and I I, I write a letter. Um, and then I just, you know, I leave the letter, letter there. It, it felt strange because I felt very positive. Um, and I was even questioning myself, <laughs> thinking, okay, surely I'm going to get more emotional now about this. I'm going to get more upset. But I could only, I only had positive things. Um, and the only difficulty about that is how to you know, how to, to share them. Um, so then afterwards, <laughs> like, I almost laughed when I heard your message and, um, and you said that about, you know, that strange mixture of, of sadness and joy, um, because it was, it was, it was very true. Another thing, when I've mentioned this to people, they, they're quite surprised. I really think for, for the first time in my life, I'm really appreciating gratitude. Um, 
and it is when you go to a dark place like that when you go to such a dark place and and you've lost something that has just always been there for you and you realize yeah you're you're on your own now um i've learned so much about myself and who i am why i am the way i am and maybe so many of those things that you you're you're trying to unlearn through your life um and all of a sudden they're becoming crystal clear um i have probably avoided therapy throughout my life because of fear of knowing these things and how i would react to knowing them whereas now um i'm I, i'm fascinated by them in a way um and it it makes me and my life and my past and my past um maybe mistakes or failures so much easier to understand it doesn't it doesn't make it easier to to um look at them and not feel a bit of i don't know maybe shame around certain things or whatever but i now know where so much of that came from if you had to elaborate on what on on one of them like is there is there one item that just became crystal clear i'm fascinated by the idea of um of the immediacy of kind of the revelation of something you know that kind of that flash moment of of insight as i sometimes i've had those moments and find them tricky to explain to people um how a realization can come in an instant um with because in my case it mightn't have come after a, a kind of a traumatic event or, or or losing someone but it's the instantaneous kind of like aha moment what what was the biggest one that you can speak of now i think one of the things is the aversion to conflict it's never about finding a, a resolution to an issue um from your perspective it's it's always about that fear of loss um regardless if that loss is a positive thing um but your your you get so afraid of experiencing that loss again or not being seen that then goes on to um a fear of commitment because if if you're afraid of dealing with certain issues because of what the outcome might be um you you then get to a point where 
you just you bottle up you 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 close up you don't know really how to react to situations that you should um and then more often than not to your own detriment if you're lucky because a lot of the time it ends up affecting other people as well who you know might be invested in you um i think that was one of the first things that was a revelation but that you know i I think that took a few months um because again like i've been saying i went through a period where i didn't know what was grief i didn't know what was anger i didn't know what was um you know my judgment of people um was definitely (laughs) in question around that time as well um but after a number of months um where i deliberately took some time to myself to give myself space for all of this to to happen and to to let it happen um i think it was then that i i was able to 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 maybe you know laugh to myself about when my friends perhaps in the past had joked about me being a commitment phobe and i was you know kind of joked it off and whatever and i thought they were joking but no they (laughs) they, i think a lot of the times they meant what they were saying but i realized that just for a long time in in my life i just did not have the tools for um certain situations um maybe the gratitude that you're referring to is actually very linked to the knowing that you're in some ways kind of tuning into a more integrated version of yourself, you know, that, you know, we often speak of the, the the kind of growth that that struggle results in you know and and struggle loss i mean loss is is a form of struggle um because we first fight it right um before there's kind of a grace in accepting it do you wonder if that's not to use the word gift but if that maybe is the gift and just um in surrendering to the loss of someone who you so deeply loved that actually you do get to catch a glimpse a more fuller glimpse of yourself and maybe not make some of the mistakes that you'd made before in one of the the, the recent um episodes that we did um i think it was when you were talking with um our friend jane about shadow work mm-hmm. when you go through something as deep and traumatic as that it's this accelerated um learning experience you know as fast track a method of learning about yourself and recognizing those less than favorable parts of your 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 character 
I would never wish it on, you know, anybody um, to have to go through that to learn. Yeah. You know, there, there's other ways. Um, you know, I still don't really have my head around how I've been able to use it so much as a, as a learning experience um, because I did not think I would be of the character to be able to learn from it. I wonder maybe if just to kind of close you might share what the most reluctant part of you having this conversation might want to say the parts of us that are most protective um, if they could voice something right now what might it be it's a strange thing to talk about something like this yet to to generally be able to talk about it in a in a in a in a positive fashion mm. one of the like taboos that i think almost every family has is talking about death um now i don't necessarily have any answers as to how you conduct that conversation but um i don't think there's anybody who wouldn't want just just one more day to you know just to tie up a few loose ends here and there and and make sure that when they did go to sleep that you both knew how much you meant to each other.